faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. Hello, and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews, and the summer of Super Rose on with the movie I waited all summer for, Superman the Movie, 1978. Now, if I was to say to you, who is your Superman, would you say Dean Cain, Brandon Rouse, hmm? maybe Henry Cavill, uh, who else played Superman off the top of my head, uh, da, 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 da. George Reeves, how could I forget about him, I don't know last week, or today's one, Christopher Reeve. Anyway, here it is, Superman the movie, the superhero movie of all superhero movies, that is still copied today, 40 years later, much like the iconic Exorcist movie, a movie which I covered, check my archives, that set the rules for possession movie ever since. Anyway, back to this, not going to lie here, even as a little kid, this wasn't my favourite Superman movie, that was Superman 3, and I haven't saw this in a good 25 years. Let's see if this still holds up, minus the nostalgia, which to be honest, I never really had for this this was always shown during the Christmas school holidays, during the 80s. Is this the superhero movie to beat all others? Hmm. Think about it. This set up all the superhero rules. Okay. There was superhero movies before this, looking at you, Batman 66, that were camper than Christmas. But this movie did away with all the camp. It even set up setting up a sequel with Zod and Company. Showing a superhero origin story... Uh, the big budget effects, etc, etc. With its $55 million budget, it's pulled in $300 million. So here it is, Superhero the Movie. This looks like a job for a super critic. Starring Marlon Brando, Gene Hackman, Christopher Reeve, Ned Beatty, Margot Kidder, Jackie Cooper, Mark McClure and Terence Stamp. Directed by Richard Donner. The plot... Just before the destruction of Krypton, the head scientist Jor-El sends infant son Kal-El to Earth after sending his best friend Zod and his co-conspirators to the Phantom Zone. As the planet explodes, the spaceship carrying Kal-El takes three years to get to Earth. It crash lands in Smallville, where two humans take in the toddler and raise him as his own, calling him Clark Kent. Eighteen years later, his father dies, so Clark heads off to build his fortress of solitude in the North Pole. Twelve years later, he returns as Clark Kent, mild manner newspaper reporter for the Daily Planet. Supervillain Lex Luthor steals two nuclear bombs to blow apart California, and it's up to the Caped Wonder, aka Superman, to save the day. And note, this will be the cinema cut of this I am using, or the theatrical cut even, I'm using. And before... I dive into this, I will explain the new format, the good, the bad and the ugly. The good being anything I find that is great or entertaining. 
and the bad being anything I think is ridiculous or awful about the movie, and ugly is something that's in bad taste or indeed just plain ugly. Yes, and before I dive into this one, I also want to explain who was up for the role of Superman. Believe it or not, Clint Eastwood was a forerunner until he saw the outfit went nope. James Caan again says no. And Muhammad Ali weirdly was up for this movie. That was interesting. Hmm. But it was settled on a newcomer, uh, Christopher Reeve. And so history was born. Anyway, on with the show. Starting with a good John Williamson's iconic score. Take notes of man in a moment. This is how you do a superhero intro. A bad. It's 2 hours and 25 minutes long. This could have been trimmed. An ugly. Jor-El, played by Marlon Brando of Godfather, Apocalypse Now, Streetcar Named Desire, and Isle of Dr. Monroe, not only get top billing, but got $3 million for 12 days' work, which he refused to learn the script for, and he got a cut of the profits for the next three movies, totalling over $55 million. He also sued uh, the producers for, I think it was $75 million? Or may have the two numbers switched around. But yes, this guy raked this movie over the coals. He bloody took this thing to the bank and milked it. Shameful. Anyway, back to a good. The sets are impressive, as well they should be. All of them were filmed on a 007 stage in Pinewood Studios. All the miniatures of Krypton and some of the interior sets for the Daily Planet, etc, etc, were all filmed on Pinewood, apart from one or two, but I'll get to them later. Another bad. Four minutes of titles. Admittedly, it does have the score, but still, four minutes of titles? Come on, really? And ugly. Jorel sends Zod, played by Terence Stamp, Ursa, played by Sarah Douglas, and Non, played by Jack O'Halloran, to the Phantom Zone, but more of them next week, for absolutely nothing. They were right all along. Krypton was indeed doomed. And indeed, it shows later on in the movie that Jor-El is actually fighting for the same stuff that Zod was, so what in the feck? Another good, the destruction of Krypton, or Krypton, as Marlon Brando called it, is great. Although, how did they eat? There's no plant life and or rivers, and hell, there's not even bloody housing. Do Kryptonians even eat? Hmm. Another bad, even after Jor-El sends Zod to the Phantom Zone, for the very thing he's arguing about, uh, the council do not listen, hence why Krypton is doomed. Mm. Maybe the council has been overthrown a few years previous, and also, a technologically advanced society can't realise that their son's going to go supernova and just sits there and takes it. Okay in. Another ugly, how teen Clark accidentally kills his father, Jonathan. Or was that done by Jor-El's AI to force Kal-El into leaving to head to North Pole to learn from him even after the three years of listening to him explaining absolutely everything as he was a toddler? Hmm. I mean, it's awfully suspicious how Clark turns 18 and Jonathan just drops dead like that. I mean, was it the AI that done that? Maybe. Hmm. Moving on. To another good. The Kents, Martha, played by Phyllis Thaxter, and Jonathan, played by Glenn Ford, who are honest, good folk, who do not use their superhumanoid child for their own goods. I mean, you think that these would have put this kid in some sort of, oh, I don't know, country fate thing to win some money? I mean, the world's strongest kid in this malarkey. I mean, come on, really? Didn't even use it once. Or even let the kid play football. I mean, he could have been the best football player 
that state had ever seen. A band. Jorel sends baby Kalel to Earth in a crystal disco ball Christmas decoration with no food, no water or clothes, not even a nappy or diaper. How does he survive? I mean, do they even eat? As I said, the Kryptonians even eat? Also, the sun goes supernova. Shouldn't that little teeny tiny little spaceship be sucked into it? Another ugly is once Clark turns 18, he just ups and leaves Martha all alone the day after her husband was buried. That is a very bad ugly. I mean, Jesus Christ. And he leaves her alone for 12 years. Jesus Christ, man. Another good is how much teenage Clark, played by Jeff East, looks like adult Clark. And notes he was wearing a false nose to Christopher Reeve. And indeed, Christopher Reeve actually overdubbed him, much to Jeff East's annoyance, as he didn't realise he was going to get overdubbed. A bad. Some of the effects look dated, such as the teen Clark running as fast as a train, which just so happens to have young Lois Lane on board of it, yet no one sees this thing happening. And also, according to some of the information I found online, that was actually done for real, and Jeff East was almost hit by a train, a real, honest-to-God train. Another ugly. Jorel forces Clark to listen to the same stuff he made him listen to as a baby, except it takes four times as long. Twelve years. Jesus Christ, the poor guy. I mean, just all this stuff about time and space relativity and the distances and all the known knowledge of the 26 universes or galaxies, what the fuck it was. My God, droning on and on and on and on. Back to a good. The flying effects and stunts all done by Christopher Reeve, are top-notch until the rear and front projection stuff. But, mm, moving on for that one. And note, in all of these stunts, as I said, were done by Christopher Reeve, in some cases he was lifted as high up as 100 feet off the ground with only one wire holding him up. Take note, Henry Cavill won't even go bloody five feet off the ground. Bloody wimp. Superman, my ass. <clears throat> Another bad. Superman's Fortress of Solitude just appears in the North Pole out of nowhere and no government investigates this huge landmass. Okay then. Another ugly, Lois Lane ignores Clark Kent and sets him up to look like a prat during their first meeting with the bottle of fizzy water. What a complete bitch she actually is. I mean, she's not interested in Clark one little iota. All she's interested in is Superman. Bloody bitch. <clears throat> Moving on. Another good Christopher Reeve as Clark Kent slash Superman is Superman. He took the role so seriously, going as far as dyeing his hair and working out with Dave Prowse, aka Darth Vader, putting on over 30 pounds of muscle. How's that for for um, taking the role seriously? Another bad, Jimmy Olsen, played by Mark McClure of Supergirl. Check Marcus, I've done that one. Back to Future Movies and Melody Super Movies is an annoying little shit in this movie. He is such a whiny little brat. Bloody Peter Parker wannabe, even though he was before Peter Parker, but never mind. Another ugly. Lois Lane and Clark Kent get held up at gunpoint in Metropolis, and no one beats an eye. Okay, this was 70s New York, but come on, really? They actually, he points a gun out in the street and pulls into the back alley. Really? And nobody bats a bloody eye at this. Okay then. Another good. Perry White, played by Jackie Cooper, puts up with brash, loudmouth Lois and the near useless Jimmy, uh, who can barely take a picture, apparently. I mean, it's bloody weird. And she can't type, but I'm getting back to that one later. But he puts up with these two mm, 
uh, mind you, unless he isn't the uh, stereotypical J. George Jameson of Superman, it's Superman, Spider-Man, and yelling constantly. Hmm. Another band, Lois Lane, played by the late Margot Kitter of Black Christmas. I've done that one, check my archives. The Amityville, which is coming soon. And Rob Zombie's H2, again, check my archives. It's too brash, rude, and can't spell. What the hell sort of newspaper reporter can't spell? Bear in mind, this is 1978, before laptops and even computers, and before spell check. So how the hell did she become a top writer if she can't even bloody spell? Hmm. Another ugly is how Lex Luthor treats Otis and Miss Tessmacher, played by Valerie Perini. One is an idiot, and the other is a sexpot, useless woman. Yes, because this is how the 70s feminists actually work. Okay then, moving on. That's a hot potato, hot topic. I'm not touching that one for a 10-foot bar spool. On to another good. Lex Luthor, played by Gene Hackman of the French Connection movies, Unforgiven and the Royal Testing Bombs, is Lex Luthor, cold-hearted genius billionaire codman killer. Everyone else who has played him after has done his best to play this version of Lex Luthor, although he does come across as a tad James Bond villainish. Another bad. How does Clark Kent get a job in the Daily Planet? As a top writer, no less. He has no work history. I mean, he goes from 18-year-old college student to 30-year-old after disappearing for 12 years. How in the hell does he get a bloody job? Also, he's much of a boy scout in both Clark and Superman. He's just too much of a goody little two-shoes. He's a bit grime under his nails, a bit dirt. He's a bit more oomph into him. And another ugly, once Superman is shown, it gets a bit too cheesy. After the super slow, serious tone of the first half, it goes into ridiculous comic book stuff. Such as Superman walking on walls and a guy hitting over the back of the head with a crowbar and getting vibrations through his body. Even the pun, bad vibrations? Come on, really? It was the serious tone of the first part. <laughs> Another good... Superman's outfit is bright blue and form-fitting, not like the ugly, baggy grey one in last week's movie. Although, one thing, where does the cape go when he's Clark? And also, where does he stash Clark's suit when he changes to Superman? I've always wanted to know that one. Where the hell does it go? <laughs> Another bad, Otis, played by Ned Beatty. Or Beatty, uh, even. Of Captain America 1990. Check my archives, I've done that one. Deliverance and, well, the Super Movies is played too much for laughs. He's a bumbling idiot. I mean, come on, really? Another ugly. Superman rescues a little girl's cat out of a tree and then leaves her to get beat up by her mother for lying about seeing a flying man. Tut, tut, 70s child abuse. Tut, tut. Another good Superman's anti-smoking PSA. Back in the days when cigarettes were thought to be the best things in sliced bread, you know? Um, feeling hungry? Have a cigarette. Feeling stressed? Have a cigarette. Pregnant? Have a cigarette. Have too thick? Have a cigarette. You get my drift. Another bad. The helicopter rescue effects look cheap. Plus, that crash is ridiculous. A loose wire causes the helicopter to crash? Really? And Lois's screaming is super annoying. Another ugly. Lois Lane straight up throws herself at Superman, asking a if all his functions work just like a robo-human, and what colour of underwear she's wearing. Plus, she's wearing a chiffon nightgown to interview him. Very professional she is there. I mean, that put women's right back a good couple of years, did it not? Jesus, jinkies. <laughs> Another good. The flying effects as Superman takes Lois around New York are top-notch, because apparently, 
Christopher Reeves was an hand grinder pilot, therefore he could do the whole turning and motion fluid fluidity. I can't fucking speak. Fluid stuff. Oh fuck, still can't speak. I'm moving on. You know what I talk about, yeah. Another bad, and this one, actually, I don't know, I got myself. So, man, straight up tells Lois Lane he can't see through lead. Why would he tell Lois Lane he can't see through lead, giving away one of his weaknesses? That's stupid to me. Why did you say, I'm also a weakness against magic. Yay! I mean, for fuck's sake, idiot. Yes, another ugly. The spoken word, can you read my mind? It was supposed to be sung by Margot Kidder, but Richard Donner hated her voice, so got to do this spoken word song type thing, which is bloody terrible. And in fact, this whole lovey-dovey stuff should have been cut out. Jesus, Jane. Another good. Just how fast Lex figures out where Kryptonite is, and how harmful the effects are to Superman, showing off he is actually a genius. Although in saying that, how did he know it was actually going to be radioactive to Superman? Another bad, when Superman takes Lois flying, shouldn't she be freezing and or suffocating as the higher he goes? I mean, all she's winning is this little chiffon thing and he takes her into the ion sphere at one point. Hmm. Also, he lets her fall. What was that all about? Was that because she's a bitch to him as Clark Kent? <laughs> Another ugly, the way the US Army is showing a lusting after Miss Tessmacher as Otis reprograms the nuclear bomb. Really? I mean, they're pretty much falling over her as she's lying there with a red outfit and a blonde wig and oh, let's give her mouth to mouth. I'm doing it first. I'm the general. Oh, for crying out loud. And they're all lusting after her, going touching, touching, touching. Yes, moving on. To a good. Miss Tessmacher turns on Lex after finding out the second nuke is heading to New Jersey, aka her home, her mother's home state, rather. About bloody time too. And also she asks, why can't she fall for a good guy? It's just for the bad guys. Another bad. It jumps from Lex figuring out about Kryptonite to him stealing two nukes from a general played by Larry Hagman. Of all people, I mean Larry Hagman, come on. As I said, who spends most of his time on screen lusting after Miss Tessmacher. Another ugly. They just gloss over the fact that Lex killed two watchmen to steal Kryptonite from the local museum. And how the hell did they find Kryptonite? Uh, moving on. Another good, I think my second to last good, the movie had the balls to kill Lois Lane, even though it was quickly reversed, but they had the balls to kill a main character. Take note, bloody Marvel. Another bad, Lex lets Otis program the nukes, which he fucks up. And shouldn't have Lex program these nukes then, if he lets this bumbling idiot Otis do the bloody reprogramming. Hmm. Another ugly, Lexi's plan to nuke the San Andreas fault, so his real estate is worth more money. Who the hell would want to live? live on a radioactive land. I mean, come on, really? And also, the US government would allow him to take over this land even after killing millions of people? I think not. My final good, Lois Lane figures out Clark Kent is Superman. On to my second to last bad. It comes from Miss Tessmacher, reprogrammed the nukes to Lois interviewing someone in her car while driving the editing in this movie, or the ending rather, is out of bloody control. Another ugly, the Hoover Dam exploding. The effects were done not in England in Pilot Studios, but by a cheaper company after the producers changed the ending. These miniatures look cheap, and in fact look like miniatures. Not like roaring water, but almost like somebody's poured water from a tap. And the rocks look like they are pebbles. I mean, sand for crying out loud. And the houses look like they're bloody from a train set. For fuck's sake, they're teeny. And you can tell me like they're bloody fake. Where was the genius sets from Krypton from earlier? Hmm. And my final bad, and possibly the ultimate bad, 
Superman flying so fast backwards, he reverses time to bring back Lois from the death. Really? I mean, come on, the ultimate thing is spinning back the Earth's axis to you know, spinning back time, reversing, blah, 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 blah. Big mistake. My second to last ugly. Lois Lane's death, drowning in soil. That is a painful thing to watch and wrecked me as a child. Another ugly and my final ugly is if Superman could turn back time, then why doesn't he use it to solve all his problems? Why didn't he turn back time to save his father, for instance, or just his um, adopted father, for instance, you know? I mean, hmm. It's a can of worms the producers should never have opened. So, that was Superman 1978. It may have been the world's first and indeed greatest superhero movie, but it is not without its flaws, such as the tonal shift halfway through the movie and that bloody ending. However, this is a classic, and how can I give this anything less than 7 out of 10? Come back next week for Superman 2. Arguably one of the better sequels, we'll find out next week. And rest of the month, and in September, for the rest of the franchise. October is House of Weed, look at the house movies. November is No Scare Vember, look at the scary movie movies. December is Festive Fear 2, including Krampus and Child's Play. So don't forget to share, like, comment and subscribe. Also follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod or email me move suggestions to Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. Check out my other superhero franchise such as Iron Man, Captain America and Blade. Also check out my sole superhero podcast of Batman Returns, Supergirl, Catwoman and many, many more. Also, tell me if you like this new format. Bye-bye. I'm off to give my sweet grey-haired old mother half my money. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way.